Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 30th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 85, the first paragraph beginning with, It is easy to let up. Today's readers are as follows. Reading the 12 Steps will be Sarah W. Reading the 12 Traditions will be Tracy K. And reading the text will be Amy G., Sally A., Janice M., and Sharon H. The share ID for Sunday, June 29th, is 6573. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah W. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, my pass. Thank you, Sarah W. I will now ask Tracy K. to read the OA 12 Traditions. 
This is Tracy, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Canada. Twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Tracy Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 6, Into Action, on page 85, the first paragraph beginning with, It is easy to let up. I will now ask Amy G. to get us started. Good morning, and thank you. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. 
Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our will along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of will. Wow, this is a power-packed paragraph here. And I'm going to start with, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. You know, there's a great slogan in the rooms that says we can only coast downhill in this program. This program is one of action and one of continuous action. Progress, not perfection, yes, but progress must be made. Maintenance, continuing to grow. We've been talking over these last weeks uh, and continuing on this week about steps 10, 11, and 12. And this is what we are doing. We are taking action to grow in this program. We have done our eighth and our ninth step. We are learning how to be God-centered and self-centered, to look out towards how we can serve our fellows. We're learning about a 10th step at night to review our day, to be introspective, and to continue to grow closer to, to God, to our higher power. So this is a program where we continue to progress forward. And if we don't, we run into trouble, for alcohol is a subtle foe. That mental obsession My default is selfishness and self-centeredness. If I don't continually work on myself, I begin to only think about me, myself, and I. And that gets me into trouble. The big book says selfishness, self-centeredness. We must get rid of it or it kills us. They're not joking around. I have to learn on a daily basis to be introspective towards myself and how I can let go of character defects how I can turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him and go about doing his will. What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I'm not cured. I am having a daily reprieve. That is what my higher power God gives me, a daily reprieve. I'm not cured. It is a daily reprieve. And if I don't work towards that, if I don't maintain that, then I fall back. I mean, when I maintain my car, for example, I take it in regularly for oil changes. And what do they do? They run through a same checklist of what they check. They check the air in the tires. They check the oil. They check the fluids. They do the same thing over and over again to maintain the good running of my car. So when I stick the key in the ignition and I need it to go, it goes. And it's the same for my spiritual maintenance program. Since I have a daily reprieve, I do spiritual things every day to maintain and work my program. So, for example, I'll just give you an example of what my spiritual maintenance is, what my work is on a daily basis. I get up in the morning. I get on my knees. I say the third and the seventh step prayer. I say, thy will, not mine, be done. I ask for God's will. I ask to be relieved of the bondage of self so that I can better do God's will. I try to get focused immediately on what God's will is for me today. I make sure that I am doing something for service throughout the day, whether it's going to a meeting, a service position at a meeting, calling a newcomer. I make sure that throughout the day I'm checking off, making at least three phone calls a day where I am calling people in program, I'm staying connected, and I'm giving service by helping the still-suffering 
alcoholic. Because remember, nothing ensures immunity from drinking and compulsive overeating than working and carrying the message with another compulsive overeater. So I checked that off the list as well. I go through this every night. I go through my checklist. What have I done to maintain spiritually? I have a home group. I have a meeting that I go to. I'm always doing something program. I mean, geez, I have to eat every day. So I work a program, a spiritual program every day. And those are some of the things that I do every day to maintain myself spiritually and put myself in the right position to do God's will. If, those are, if some are questioning about this daily retrieve and about spiritual condition and using our will, you know, I encourage people to go to the end of step three or read the entire step three. But in the last few paragraphs, of step three in the AA 12 and 12, it talks about not, it's the, not that we don't have willpower, it's the misuse of willpower, and that when we align it with God's will for us, that we can use our will along those lines all we want. God equips us. We align ourselves with God, and God equips us and gives us the power to do what it is that he has us to do. What is it saying? God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And this is what we do. We step out there and we be of service to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. He says, it says here at the end of this paragraph, we can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of will. To me, this paragraph is all about staying God-centered on a daily basis instead of self-centered. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Hi, Katie G. Go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much for your service. And good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston, Mass. And what a privilege it is to be abstinent and sober today and um, hearing this paragraph. Love it. What does subtle mean? Saint and muted. What have I learned thus far? I am a daft compulsive overeater. I make decisions that are very small that can start to take away from the integrity of my program. And what happens? Slowly, I am, as the previous speaker said, rolling down into the ditch of compulsive overeating. And what it says is what we have is a daily reprieve. And what is a reprieve? It is a respite from punishment. And I must carry out this spiritual program on a daily basis to get a respite from punishment. And, you know, this is about exercise. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't always like going to the gym. It hurts, right? Like, it's not always comfortable. And I, I want to be comfortable all the time. I want to feel good. I want everything to make me feel good. But this is telling me, no, Katie, like, you have a daily reprieve to live today. So what are you going to do? What is required? What must I do that is required of me today? And I'll tell you what that means. You know, that my primary problem, as I have seen going through these steps, is selfishness. You know, I always want to be first. And how do I get out of self? Every single day. As a previous speaker, Alan, I have very specific disciplines on how I keep the food down, how I, how I keep it clean, how I help others, how I pause when agitated or doubtful, you know, how I call other people. I ask God to, to put his arm around my shoulder and his hand around my mouth so I don't talk. You know, yesterday I was feeling edgy, right? And I was exhibiting the edginess with a patient. 
you know, and immediately I thought, wow, Katie, you are not being kind, so what must I do? Think of that patient. Go up to that patient and make an amend. I must. This is not like some take what you like and leave the rest. This is life and death for me. I am going to die. Why? Because if I don't take the actions every day to die of myself and learn how to become other-centeredness, and let's be honest, I don't know how to be other-centeredness. I need to align my will with God every day. But the most amazing thing is that these steps help me to do that each and every day. They help me to see, like recently I've been doing a lot of 10 steps on how people are communicating with me. This is just an example real quick. My mom and dad, they keep texting me, Dear Katie, call me when you can. And I'm angry. I'm like, excuse me, do you not realize who I am? You should be calling me. And what's the turnaround? Katie, gee, you have parents who love you today. Why don't you show up for them? Why don't you stop being so focused on you and how people are meeting your needs and ask God how you can be of service to them and accept and surrender and trust. And that is the privilege, right, guys? Because now I get to go out and instead of character assassinating and gossiping and annihilating my parents from my life and then eating, because if I carry out my selfishness and my will, eating will ultimately be a step up. I get the privilege to show up with integrity with my parents, despite my crazy thinking, and get realigned with God. You know, I, um, I'll just use this quick metaphor, and that is I'm like a swan, right? And you may not think I'm that pretty, you can't see me, but that's okay. I'm like a swan, right? And what does a swan do? They sail across the lake or the pond or whatever it is. What are their legs doing? Moving, 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 moving. And I don't mean moving away from God. I mean, like, I need to constantly think about I am a naturally undisciplined in person, how am I aligning myself with God? How are, how's my abstinence? How's my other, my work with others? How's my getting on my knees? How's my meditation? How's my quiet time? How am I carrying the God, the will of God into all my activities constantly, always firmly and steadfastly? And thank you God for the privilege to do that for one more day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Did anyone else want to share on this paragraph? Sally. Paula, may I share? Larry. Rabia. Sarah W. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I think I heard Melanie. I think I heard Sally. Did I hear Sally? You did. Okay, and I heard Larry. And I think I heard Rabia. Yes. And I think there was more. Could the ones who I didn't catch say... Their names? Paula, yes. I heard Paula. And who else? Oh, Sarah, was it? Yes. Okay. Did I get everybody's names now? Judy F. Judy F. Okay, here's who I have. Melanie, Sally, Larry, Rabia, Paula, Sarah, and Judy F. Did I get everybody? Okay, Melanie, go right ahead. Thank you. Oh, not Melanie. <laughs> she texted me. Okay, somehow I made a mistake. So, Sally, you're up. I'm <laughs> going to be brief. Thank you so we'll much. Try. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Um, it's Sally, recovered in South Jersey, and I'm going to be brief. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And all I wanted to say here was the word reprieve I have in my notes 
is a stay of execution from a death sentence. And I truly do embrace it that way. That's what it is for me on a daily basis. I believe that what I live in is a Cinderella story. At midnight, every night, I turn into a pumpkin and I wake up the next day and I start all over. And I have a decision to make every morning. Will I continue to live in a condition, a spiritual condition? Will I continue to expand my um, my my uh, borders as I grow in my knowledge of my higher power. So what we really have is a daily reprieve, a stay of execution, contingent. And the word contingent means dependent, determined by something else. And what it's dependent on is my maintenance of my spiritual condition. And I'm so blessed because I don't have to do that by myself. My higher power holds my hand and he leads me and guides me in how to do that. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Larry? Good morning. Thanks, Larry, recovered um, compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, um, you know when, I, when I read this, um, uh, again, you know, I think of the God of my understanding. You know, I've had a spiritual awakening. The God of my understanding is, is a gentle God. It's not a punishing God. It's not a God that's, you know, that's um, that's that's uh, going to, you know, strike me with lightning and spite me and, and so forth. That's not the God of my understanding. Um, the God of my understanding, um, however, um, in, in being in alignment with, with that God, that God, you know, wants me to be every, you know, everything that, he intended for me to be and you know part of this process it's there's so many great paradoxes that i find every day in this program um you know part of this process is you know life's going to happen on life's terms you know things are going to happen um there's going to be stresses there's going to be all sorts of different things that happen but in order for me to stay on the beam of recovery to stay on this pathway there's certain things that has already been said that I that I'm going to need to do. There's you know when I when I think of the serenity prayer, you know I I think of that bucket of things that I can do for myself, you know, and I have to be able to discern the difference what's God's and what's mine, and what I realized is what's mine is much um, much larger than I thought. You know I wanted to be taken care of. You know, but but I realized that there's there's a lot that God has you know has um, enabled me to do for myself, and when I when I do those things and I focus on those things, this gentle, loving God, you know, this Creator of mine, um, allows me to have a life beyond beyond what I could have have ever envisioned, and um, and so yeah, there's certain things, but uh, I don't believe you know you know the God of my understanding is keeping a a checklist. Up. Oh, all right. You did that. Zap. That's not the God of my understanding. And it's it's interesting to me, you know, somehow that that used to be the God of my understanding. And so, no, I don't let up on the spiritual program of action. But um, um, my God is is uh, is not keeping points on me. But I do know. Yes, of course, I'm headed for trouble. You know, stuffing my face every day and walking around miserable every day was trouble. You know, that was misery. I don't have that misery anymore. So I do some very specific things, um, and a lot of those things were shared already. I I pray throughout the day, 
and God, and I, and I wait, and I wait, and, um, but I still row my boat. I still chop my wood. I do all those things that I need to do. And most importantly, lastly, is, you know, I turn towards, towards others. Who can I help today? You know, and I don't always get it right. You know, I'm an imperfect human being. I will never have an experience outside the human experience. Anyways, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Rabia? Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And thank you, Rebecca, and everyone on the line. I'm so grateful that A Vision for You is going over this paragraph again because Friday at the end of the meeting, I was feeling like, oh, wow, I could hear so much more about this. I would love to hear so much more. This this paragraph, this is exactly where in the past I began being headed for relapse. You know, I've gotten down to my maintenance weight so many times in OA, and I've gotten to this point in the uh, ninth and tenth steps so many times. And um, and then I rested on my laurels. Um, and it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action because now I'm thin and I want I don't want to go to that many meetings anymore. You know, I want to be going out in my life, having fun, being adorable, you know, all the gifts of my recovery are getting in the gift in the way of the gift of my recovery. And I'm not cured from alcoholism. Uh alcohol is a subtle foe. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance and Every day, every day, every day we must. And there's two musts in this paragraph. And I love that there's no ambiguity in this book, that it's very precise, these directions. And I never read these musts before. So here I have it every day, including today, especially today, I must carry the vision of God's will in all of my activities. Um and these are thoughts which, which must go with us constantly. Um, and here again, I get to align my willpower with the proper use of the will, which is to align my willpower with God. And I'll close by saying that there's a warning in here. Um, what happens every day if I do not carry the vision of God in all my activities, and if I rest on my laurels on page 24... In italics, Um, the fact is that most alcoholics, me, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of the choice to drink, and we are unable at certain times, at certain times, to bring into our consciousness the sufficient force, and even uh, and to forget the humiliation and suffering of even a week or a month ago, we are without defense against the first drink. And when I rest on my laurels, that's the certain time because it inevitably always happens when I will be without defense against that first compulsive bite and I'll be on my way back up the scale and all the misery um, that I had just um Anyway, from you know what I mean. I'm gonna. I'm out of time, and thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. 
Thank you, Rabia. Paula, you're next. Did you call me, Sarah? I didn't hear. I actually called Paula, and then you'll be after Paula, Sarah. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service and keeping us in order here. <laughs> I want to come come here. This is Paula, a compulsive read, and I'm going to first read this line on 84. We have entered the world of the spirit. Now it will come to this other paragraph that we're reading, still full of directions, instructions, and how we are to live. I need them dearly. Every day is a day. There is no exceptions here. Well, not today. I'm not feeling good today. Well, this one's coming into my life. Oh, dear, dear. No. It's clear here. When we must carry, this is your part, the vision. It isn't how I see things anymore. A vision is to see how I perceive things. No. To notice, to discover, to finally understand, to receive, to experience. All this, the word see, yes, all this comes here of God's will into all of our activities. If I see things clearly, clearly, then I can follow through. But look at what it says, what it adds here. God's will, not mine anymore. That's the transformation. They're the turning point, how I see, into all of our activities, except for, no, again, no exceptions. How can I best serve thee? Thy will. I love what they put in italics, because I think we need this little reminder, not mine, not mine, be done. These are the thoughts. Look at where it brings us. We have entered the world of the spirit. These are the thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will, not the improper anymore. Thank you, God. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Sarah, your turn. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning. This is Sarah W. from Iowa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I, w- I wanted to focus on the part where it says um, God's will into all, all of our activities. And, um, you know, I noticed myself yesterday also, as somebody else said, you know, that restless, irritable, discontent, kind of, as somebody else put it, edgy, that's a good word for it. And On page 90 in the 12 and 12, it says, it is a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. And then on on page 91, where it talks about, um, you know, self-restraint. You know, I don't know about you guys, but this girl had no restraint. Um, You know, just like like a bulldozer, wheelbarrow, and through life. You know, I didn't care. And, you know, as was stated earlier, you know, so much has been said, you know, about, you know, uh, self-centeredness, selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problem. And, you know, here it tells me nothing pays off like restraint of tongue and pen. We must avoid quick-tempered criticism and furious, power-driven argument. 
when we are tempted by the bait, we should train ourselves to step back and think. And this helps me, not always, but most of the time. The word think I heard a long time ago is, is it thoughtful? Is it honest? Is it intelligent? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And for me, my word, you know, I can have thoughts and I can ask God to help me with those, but my words sometimes, I'll let them slip out and I have such guilt and shame about them. And so if I just pause and think, it helps me so greatly. So I hope that helps somebody. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Judy S. Medium. I would say this is Karen A. in Colorado. Okay, it's Judith's turn, but I did hear Miriam and um, someone from Colorado. Sharon H. And Sharon H. And then Chaya. And Chaya. And Chaya. Okay, sorry about that, Judy. Go ahead. No problem. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Okay, great. Great to be here live. Uh, Judy F. from Massachusetts. So much. I love, I love this paragraph. It's what I live by because I need to be reminded, um, I have an addict's memory, and I need to re- be reminded that I am not cured. Um, I have this uh, coming month, I'll have 23 years of abstinence and recovery, but I'm not cured, and I still need to, I have to even do more than I did when I first came in. You know, I still weigh and measure my food. I commit it on paper. I, I go to my meetings. I, I make calls. I, I sponsor. A big part of my life is sponsoring and it keeps me in in direct relation with God because I always need to bring God into my conversations with my sponsees. And then I'm living a life, a very full life, but I know I need God. And this step 10 is an ego deflation step for me. I wake up in fear and um, and about me. And that's why I need my, my quiet time. I need to say my prayer, pray my prayers, and then listen for God. And I had a lot of um, practice through the steps before this. You know, we don't come right into step 10. I had a lot of practice in step four, seeing where I was selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid, and turning that around. And then with the fear turnarounds, you know, at the end of it, when we say a prayer to remove the fear and ask God, direct us how he should have us be, and then listening to God, how is it that he wants me to be? And then in the um, sex inventory, seeing really how um, inconsiderate I I was, and so I learned how to be more considerate. And in step eight and nine, learning like on page 83, you know, patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love, God's showing me that through the steps. And... um, and then it says on the bottom, uh, before the promises, we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. So I've been learning all along what it is to do God's will, how to be, how to be on the path aligned with God. So it's just continuing that, but it's daily. And I need to have this daily because I can forget so easily who I am and what I need to do to be free. This is all for freedom. This is all for closeness with my higher power and with others. 
so the, the benefits, the outcome, the result is so much more than my work that I do. I do just 1%. God does the big stuff. God gives me that inner peace no matter what's going on. God gives me kindliness, and I can only do this with God. And this is a reminder that I, I need to show up and follow directions, and my ego will be deflated with God's power, God's love, and God's peace. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy F. Miriam? Thank you, Rebecca. Hello, everybody. This is Miriam, compulsive overeater, living in the solution one day at a time to the best of my ability, calling from Israel. So grateful to be here and to hear all your, your shares. Yeah, here we're talking about step 10, which is one one of the uh, steps that we have to keep going and following, you know, when we finish all the steps from 1 to 9. Uh, this program, what this program is all about is to build very slowly a relationship with a higher power uh, and and then to live to live by it to live by it on a moment to moment basis because nobody here is becoming perfect or nobody here is becoming an angel or is becoming god the question here is that we need to get into a place to trust rely and depend on a higher power and and my life it's it's very much geared into that when 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 I do my my inventory now on on step ten on a on a spot check basis, um, you know I try to do my best. Of course, it's, it's progress and not perfection, but it clears up very very quickly whatever is going on. Whether I have a resentment, I have a fear, whatever, and then if I have to ask for amends, I do amends, and if I you know and then go and help other people. Um, it says here that. Uh, we we only have we only have a daily reprieve. We're not cured from alcoholism. Yes, we're never cured from compulsive overeating. We just have a daily reprieve as long as we keep doing our spiritual work, and that means to clean house, to to, to trust God, and and to help others, and and that's the only way to do it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Miriam. Sharon H. Thank you, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Yes, Sharon. And I apologize for interrupting when I'm trying to get unmuted. I don't realize that somebody else has already spoken up, so I apologize for that. But I just wanted to zero in on those last few sentences. Uh, Thy will not mine be done. These are the thoughts that we must, which must go with us constantly. And uh, I go back to page 62 where it explains to me what myself, what my will was like coming in. It says, uh, uh, so our troubles we basically think are our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it will kill us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. 
So that's what where I was at, you know, with the self-will run riot. And then even in, in the program, trying to do it in my own strength, not relying on God's will, but now trying to do it all in my own strength. So, you know, we must die to that self-will that runs riot in us alcoholics, addicts, compulsive eaters. And then the next sentence says, we can exercise our willpower along this line um, all we want. This is the proper use of the will. And uh, so I must learn how to live in harmony with God's will. And if I go to page 63, it more or less states that that is what is going to happen when I turn my will and give it over to God. More and more we become interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered that we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were brought back to life. And in between those pages, the last 62 and 63, uh, which brings us up into what we're talking about today on 85, are steps four through nine, which is the process that God uses to get us from that self-will run riot to learning how, one day at a time, to live in harmony with his will. And what a gift that is. And that's our action part. I can't, I can't uh, sit back on my laurels, which to me, I, don't, I can't sit back on my tush. Step 10 is still requiring me to do the same thing that I did in steps 4 through 9 to keep myself from uh, being obsessed with restless, irritable, and discontent because it's still there developing a deeper relationship with God in step 11, and then being willing, like it says here, to give back to others what's been freely given to us. That's the vision of this whole program. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Sharon. Kaya. Thanks, Rebecca. And also, I apologize for jumping in there. I also didn't realize someone was in line. Hi, everybody. This is Kaya. Very grateful recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic from Denver, Colorado. So um, I had a gentleman in a meeting years ago who used to say, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. It's easy. It's so easy to do it. And um, it is. It's really easy. And we hear it all the time. Um, you know, uh, people who went out, you know, eventually picked up the food again and um, because they stopped practicing these skills that we learned. And uh, it's easy. It's really easy. And so I have to be on constant alert. The other thing I want to share about this paragraph is that I believe that this paragraph is actually a connecting paragraph between Step 10 and Step 11 because it's describing Step 11. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action that we just learned, right, four through nine, which then was repeated in step 10, we're headed for trouble if we do. For, for alcohol is a subtle foe. Food is a subtle foe. We're not cured. We really have as a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. This is going to be described more in depth in the next uh, section in step 11 the 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 god's will and right we're going to ask god to direct our thinking 
September is when it crops up. Um, when these things crop up, I take care of them with my skills. Step 11 talks about being proactive, um, asking God to direct our thinking so that we don't even, you know, that we can less and less uh, have to be uh, plagued by resentment, dishonesty, fear, and self-centeredness. So I see this as a connecting paragraph between step 10 and step 11, and it's telling us here it's really easy. It's really easy. So I always have to be, I was on a phone with a sponsor the other day and she said, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, I've just, I've had this going on and I, I just don't feel like, oh, I know it wasn't a sponsor, it was an outreach call. She said, you know, I just don't feel like doing my 10th, my, my prayer meditation. I don't feel like going to a meeting. I said, yeah, you know why? Because it's easy. The book tells us it's easy. And I have to take that word very seriously. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chaya. Why don't we move on to the next paragraph with Sally A. Okay, I was unmuting. Did you just say we're going forward? I did. Thank you, Sally. Okay, sorry. Sally recovered in South Jersey. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. Here's another action-packed paragraph for us. So here at the beginning, it says, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. And I just want to draw your attention to page 20. Someone pointed this out to me yesterday, and I think it's really important. It says on page 20, what do we have to do? And that's a question that a lot of people ask. What do I have to do? It's at the top of page 20, about 10 lines down. And it says, it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. So when we read here, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction, specific direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun And the word begun is used twice in this paragraph. We have begun to sense the flow of his spirit, and it says we have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. I think it's interesting and worth noting that on page 70 and on page 71, at the end of step four, it talks about having made a good beginning. On page 75, in the middle of the page, it says we begin to feel the nearness. And that's right after we have done... Step five, we begin to feel the nearness of our higher power. And here we are, we've just finished doing six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and we're about to embark on 11. And again, they're giving us this, these words, we have begun. What have we begun? So we're in the process of developing the relationship, the healthy relationship with our higher power and putting down the sick relationship with food. And so as I have begun... As I walk through these steps, I've begun and I've continued to move closer to in my relationship to my higher power. I've begun to sense the flow of his spirit. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital 
sixth sense. And I know a lot of people have an opinion about why is this this vital sixth sense. And for me, it was explained to me, and I really believe there's a lot of truth in what this precious uh, fellow said to me once, that as I develop my sixth sense, what I'm doing is I am learning to see as my higher power sees. I am beginning to hear as my higher power hears. I begin to feel as I'm guided, setting aside what I think. I begin to develop this sixth sense. I am infused with my higher power's senses so that my own five senses take on new meaning and they are infused by my higher power. Finally, we have another must, but we must go further, and that means more action. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sally. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Tim, this is Vered. I heard someone before Vered. Kim? Okay, I heard Kim, but it sounds like there's a third person. Kim, Vered, and was there someone else? Elaine? Elaine? Yes, Crystal from Florida. Crystal. Is that the name, Crystal? From Florida? Okay, um... I don't think we're going to have time for five people, but I think I heard Crystal first and then Kim and then Vered. Um, So if you don't, and then Elaine, and I don't think we'll all get a chance, but there is a second hour. So, Crystal, you can go first. Good morning, Dictionary time for Crystal from Florida, recovering compulsively overeating for today. I'm so, so glad to be in this meeting and to hear this because I um I wasn't able to keep ask, to keep my abstinence, like to stop eating and and when I something might happen, don't go run to the food. But now is the first time that I'm keeping up. I'm 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 being abstinent for for a couple months and uh it's because I'm working the steps and now I I became aware of I became I became conscious of my higher power and it's beautiful how how I feel peace. I'm having now very hard moments in my work, in my emotional, with relationships, I'm, I feel angry, sad, and all that. But I'm not running to the food because I feel this inner peace that just can come from a power greater than myself. And I have had in these couple past weeks very agitated moments, and I just stopped, and I pray for the right thought and action, and I do it. It's the promises have become real in my life, and it's just simple, like, for me, it's not easy, but it's just simple to just to clean house. Um, I remember the other and help others. Oh, trust God and help others. Oh my gosh, it's just I just wanted to share. It's my first time ever sharing in this meeting, but I just wanted to share that because today my life is way different, and I'm not always joyous and happy, but I'm always free. It doesn't matter if I'm sad or whatever, but I'm always free. And 
this is really is working for me. And thank you so much for being here and letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. Kim. Thanks, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. And if it's a condition, so carefully followed directions. And I'll just share my experience and the frustration I had when I tried to work this OA program as a buffet, as a la carte. And we're doing steps 10 and 11. That means we've done steps 1 through 9. And I often get people who call me who say, I want to do a 10 step, and I ask where they're at, they're at step 1. Well, if step 10 is the culmination of 4 through 9, how can we do step 10? You know, it's like giving a child a math textbook, teaching them how to add and subtract, and saying, but you know what? I want you to read about calculus in Chapter 7 every single day because calculus is what we're trying to get to. And we have no context of what calculus is. So in my experience, that's when I get a little nervous when people say, well, I'll put the food down and read pages 86 to 88 every day. It doesn't make sense. There's no depth and weight until we've done the work beforehand. And I've had that same experience in life. When I first got involved in accounting and I had no experience in it, I would have to memorize all these different formulas, all these different journal entries, and my head was so heavy memorizing them. And when I finally went back to school and I learned simple equations, I learned that assets equals liabilities plus owner equity, suddenly I was like, oh, there's logic in this. I don't have to memorize and and bully my way through accounting. There's actually a way to learn this. It's the same thing. For those of you who are frustrated because you're trying to do a step 10, but you've never done one through nine, you shouldn't be able to do a step 10. It's saying now we've begun to sense the flow of the spirit into us. Step 11 is that conscious contact. We don't have access to that power until we get to step 11. So if you're frustrated in step 2, trying to do step 11, that makes sense. And I think of it this way. If you're in a hospital and you see this little nursing student over here who's just beginning to learn how to do basic nursing skills, and then the doctor says, I need you to start an IV, why don't the nursing student do it? And the nursing student says, no, I never started an IV. Doesn't matter. You're going to be a nurse. Just try it. Would you let that nursing student start an IV on you? Absolutely not. And yet, isn't that what we're expecting of ourselves or expecting of our sponsees if we're telling them put the food down and try to start doing 10 and 11? We're in the doctor's opinion and try to read pages 86 to 88. It has no depth and weight. This book is written specifically in a certain order that each page builds on the next. And I know for me personally, and I see this in others who talk to me and my sponsees, is we really do a disservice when we start to treat the steps a la carte because we start to think the steps don't work. But the problem is, have we really followed the directions specifically? And I would say 9 to 10 times out of 10 is because we haven't done that. So I'm going to read that one more time. If we follow directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit in us. If we have not, we're not going to feel the sense of the flow of his spirit into us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Let's see the time. Varid. Um, go ahead, Varid, briefly. Okay, thank um, you. Oh. Can you hear me? 
Yes, go ahead. Okay. This is Vered. Thank God a recovered compulsive overeater from Jerusalem. This paragraph emphasizes the remedy to the illness. The illness has two components. It's the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And the remedy in this paragraph are in two phases. We must contact God and we must develop God's conscious, but we also must take action. The allergy of the body is very much connected to the body, to earth, and we must do things. We can't just sit and pray and be monks that sit somewhere high, unconnected to the world, and just raise our hands and pray to God. That's not going to be enough. We have to be connected to actions, to follow directions, as Kim said before, and to take action, because belief without action is going to die. So that's why we have to all the time work 10, 11, and 12 together on a daily basis. 12 is to actually like a step four, but a daily step four. 11 is to really, really, really develop our conscious with God. And, and, and 12 is to keep taking actions, keep taking actions, helping others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barrett. Elaine, I'm sorry. I think we have to close. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, certainly. Our our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.